two, one, and welcome back to the Peak PT Studio podcast with myself, Rich Higgins. I'm not joined by Josh Jurieff and David Lewis Charlton by this week, but by local running coach, head coach, founder, aficionado, Verity Wright, Run Verity. How are you doing? Yes, good, thank you. Good Very to be good. here. Very good. Thank you for coming into first recording in our new studio. How about that? <laughs> it's amazing, <laughs> honestly. We'd need a bit of logoing, maybe a bit of design if we decide to film them ever. Yeah, but yeah, no, first no studio. Heard. Exactly that. And hopefully <laughs> no uh, snoring pugs in the background. Yes. So yeah. should be a bit, a bit bit better on the recording side. Um, so this is the first one, guys. We wanted to speak to local coaches, um, local trainers, get a few different people on so that you don't have to just listen to the three of us every single week. Um, Verity's someone that we've been really lucky to work quite closely with actually um, started up doing a little bit of strength and conditioning for a few guys and girls that were running for marathons um, and then it's kind of just expanded yeah, from there and we've from been there. going on for over a year now I think I think it's 18 months yeah yeah so yeah, yeah July last yeah July yeah, build up to Liverpool wasn't yeah. it yeah so no it's been really good really enjoy it waiting list yeah, <laughs> unbelievably for, for people. Evenings. Yeah, <laughs> unbelievably people keep signing up. I don't know what. It, well, it's definitely the pug that brings them back. But there we go. Um, so tell us a little bit of the backstory. How uh, I guess your backstory. How did the club start? So I started running about twenty three years ago. Hated hated sport at school um, mainly because I didn't think that I was very good at it so mm. um, just one typical oh you're not the uh, good enough for the netball team or the rounders team so I very very quickly gave up and then uh, threw myself around the aerobic studio when we moved down here at Firm Leisure Centre because it had a free crash nice. so I could get rid of my <laughs> children and um and then I, my dad ran, and I, I, I sort of that was in the background. And then Fairham Leisure Centre had a running club on a Tuesday evening, and it was called Fairham Leisure Centre Running Club. So mm. I used to go to that, and it was just oh, five, six people had this idea of this of this running club, and we met and we would do interval training or we'd do long runs around Fairham. And it grew from that. And I was only with them for about oh, about nine months. Um, they became affiliated with England Athletics and it, they became Fairham Crusaders, which yeah. is now Fairham Running Club. And I did Stubbington 10K. And Stubbington 10K were offering free membership for a year. So I thought I'll sign up to that. And I started running with Stubbington and, um, yeah, cut my teeth there and was there a long time amazing amazing um, and alongside that I so yeah about 23 years ago I started a psychology degree so two small children and I threw myself into full-time psychology degree nice so, yeah nice what's going on so fair fair few what kind of drew you into running there again I guess what was the pull for you when you started I know you mentioned that your dad had run and um, I'd always, it's this phrase, I'd always wanted to be able to run and I just yeah. didn't know how to go about it. And I remember going to the gym and saying to a personal trainer, um, I want to run. Mm. How do I go? How do mm. I do it? And and she didn't know. Yeah, she was yeah, just yeah. like, oh, we'll just go on the treadmill. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I'm, I'm really envious of these yeah. people that can run. I want to do this. And um, we were in France one Christmas and I went out with my dad and he just said to me, slow it down. It was mm. as simple as that. Yeah. He said, you don't have to run quickly. Yeah. So I was one of those, I've got to get out there. I've got yeah, to run yeah, as yeah. fast as I can. I'm out of breath. I'm red faced. I'm sweaty. I feel sick. I'm not very good at it. So yeah. I would give up really easily. And then, yeah, dad just said, just slow, just, you know, yeah. slow it down. And that was it. That literally was it. Yeah. In France, and I got the bug, and I just went with my friend. We dropped the kids off at school, and I'd go with my friend, and we would run round the block, run walk round the block, no GPS, no watches, 
and we would drive the mileage to, you know, yeah. see how far we get the car on the <laughs> proper road. Running. Uh, proper, proper running. Proper running. And, um, and Dad set, me, set us a challenge, and it was called Feet Beat 10K in Southsea. And he said, if you get um, under 60 minutes yeah. for this 10K, I'll buy you a bottle of champagne. Amazing. So I did. That's where it started then. That's where it started. <laughs> and, um, I, yeah, that was it. And from there, I just, as I said, I was part of Stubbington and I just loved it. And went, yeah, yeah. you know, only maybe one night training yeah. and then always ran at the weekend. Yeah. Entered so many races. I was very naive. It was just like, oh, enter this, enter that. And again, in those days, somebody would have all the paper entries in the back yeah, of the car. Yeah. So yeah, you'd go yeah. up and go, right, what race, <laughs> what, where do I sign my cheque, you know, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and um, send it off. And I just entered loads and loads of races. Amazing. That's so, because the champagne still is still a tradition <laughs> in the club, isn't it? So, yeah, so this That's is where so it comes cool. from. Yeah, so um, Dad, when I first started, he said, right, what we're going to do is the Tribe Foundation, which is his name, my maiden name, and... Um, he said anybody who gets their first yep. sub 60-10K will get a bottle of That's awesome. Prosecco. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he funded the first WC10K <laughs> um, and then he went, no, I'm, I'm not yeah, going to fund out. this anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All these people were getting sub-60. Sub Keep 60. coming back. Yeah. That's so cool. Yeah, so that is where it all came from. That's brilliant. Yeah. I think that's the start for like loads of people Funny enough, I spoke to a guy about this this morning, new client starting with us. He actually started doing the couch to 5K and got into running, loves running. Quite a big guy, used to play second row, rugby player. And it's often the case of people going, oh, I'm not a runner, I'm not built mm. for running. And so much of it, I think, is starting off with slightly unrealistic expectation mm. of like how far they can go or how fast yeah. they can go. And... I think because running's often seen as that super easy barrier to entry, you need some shoes, which is great yeah. to be able to get so many people into it. But actually, there's so much more to it a lot of the time. And having someone to talk you through those early mm. stages, and like you say, most of the time, just say, slow down. Slow down. Um, and maybe we've got like uh, thoughts in the back of our head of cross-country running when we were younger. And mm. oh yeah, I used to run whatever distance it was. And now being a little bit older, having not done it for a while and going, oh, I should be able to go out and run 5K or whatever it might be. I remember a friend, when I started up triathlon, a friend said that and I was, he'd set me 1500 metres swimming. He's like, yeah, just go down and swim easy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, cool, I'll go and do that. Hadn't swum since I was like nine. Went down to um, Matt Batten Centre, couldn't do a length of the pool. Like literally couldn't get down to the other side of the pool doing front crawl. And that was the same for me. It was like, I assumed the barrier to entry to swimming was like super low. It's like 1500. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. Not a chance I could get no. there doing that. And I think that's likening it to running. People saying, oh yeah, 5k, I should be able to go out yeah. and run 5k. But it's like, why? Like, why should you be able to do that or run at that pace or whatever it might be? It's cool that the barrier to entry is low in terms of cost effectiveness and accessibility for a lot of people. Um, but actually, yeah, just slowing down and yeah. building it up properly, and, and thinking that you thinking that you can just go out there and run because mm. um, I liken it to swimming. You don't get into a swimming pool without learning yeah. how to swim. Yeah, yeah, yes, for sure. we can all you know splash about a bit and, yeah. and get somewhere. Yeah, but also with um, with running, people just assume that they can just head out can the run. door yeah. and can run. Yeah. And actually, there are techniques and there are skills to it. Yeah. Um, and movement patterns and, um, you know, where you put your feet and where you put your arms and your posture. So this is also why people tend to go to the bottom of, you know, the road and go, oh, I can't do it. I'm yeah. not built to be a runner. Yeah, yeah, PE yeah. teachers were right. I'm not sporty. Yeah. But just by having that gentle encouragement and just going... No, look, let's yeah. just let's just look. Lamppost to lamppost. Yeah. That's all you have to do. Run yeah. run walk and, and break that down. Yeah. And then you can achieve. And I think also there's a misconception that we only have a finite amount of time. Sure. So I know that for me that was something, you know, I started at thirty and I thought I was really old at thirty. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. There's oh I've only got 
10 years before yeah. I have to hang my trainers up. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's like, actually, there's no age barrier. No, not at all. There, you can continue running and people are running well into their 80s. Yeah. And it, it, there isn't this, oh, I've got to get it all in. So I've got to get all my PBs in or I've got to get this because I'm, I've got this small amount of time. So it's breaking down those barriers as well. It's just like, no, let's... Just Chill out with it. Chill out with it. Yeah. One of our one of our like favourite sayings within fitness, and this is when people first start with us, <clears throat> is that I think most people vastly overestimate what they can achieve in a short space mm. of time and vastly underestimate what they can do with a longer period of time. Absolutely. The amount of people that I think um, you know, overestimate, oh I've got a place in London, for example, in six months' time and mm. we've all seen them and done the odd bit of training, done one 13 mile long run or whatever yeah. it might be versus someone that started out thinking they can never do a 5k and then in three years time is running marathons yeah. um, and doing them again and again. Yeah. So starting that process a bit slowly and putting the foundations in place is absolutely key. Oh, I mean, and that is all I go on about is the, the foundations as though it's a house. You have to lay those foundations. Yeah. If those foundations aren't there, and then you start building speed and, and putting other things in or chasing too many PBs or doing too many races and you haven't got those foundations, yeah. then it's all going to go crashing down. I love some of the guys. I follow some quite a lot of the guys from RV on Strava and when they compliment each other on their pacing or look at your splits or stuff like that, like that's really cool to see. Not yeah. just, oh, that was a really fast run. Yeah. Like they look at their splits, they look at their pacing, oh, you've negative split that run yes. and things like that. Like it's so cool to see. <laughs> that's been drummed <laughs> into them about <laughs> negative splits. And again, as, as I look back, I remember a, a very seasoned runner saying to me, I think I, I must have had enough of all the road races and I went off and I did the Endurance Life series yeah, um, yeah. and there were seven and, and you've got an amazing t-shirt and what have you. So mm. I went round and I travelled round the coast of the UK and did these off-road tough half marathons that sometimes they were 18 miles and I was really naive, yeah. so naive about kit and fueling and footwear and blah blah but once I'd finished them this seasoned runner said to me they have made you the runner that you are now yeah yeah, yeah. because I went and I did a really um good Paris marathon literally yeah. the year yeah, after and awesome. and I just I hate the word smash but I smashed yeah. all my pbs in in this year after I had done all this endurance running. For sure. And that always stuck with me because it hadn't occurred to me. I just needed to go and do something differently. But he said, that has made you the runner that mm. you are now. And I keep trying to, you know, this is my coaching philosophy, mm. lifelong running. Yeah. And build that endurance and everything else will just slot into place. Yeah. And if we look at the guys, you know, you've, we started out training them for Liverpool yeah. and a lot of them are now, they have this amazing base and they are going and doing London Marathon in spring. There's so many marathons that they are aiming for in the spring yeah. and there's, they're not injured, their times are coming down, yeah. everything is fitting into place and it is like it's an art and a science. Absolutely. I think even from... Yeah, like you say, we've been 18 months building up. For some of those, it was their first marathon at Liverpool. And now by like middle of next year, they'll have done three, yeah. four potentially, yeah. I think for some of them, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, it is. I think like we touched on before about that age thing, definitely from a physiological point of view, aerobically, you can just continue to improve mm. for so, so long. Mm. Whereas with a lot of sports, all right, someone might not hit their genetic potential in their mid early 20s mm. whatever it might be but power and strength tends to kind of dip off from there you can still make progress within that scope but in terms of peak peak performance whereas if even if you look at the top elite level there's so much scope for aerobic capacity later into yeah. life um, and that's why I think you do see people and there's variety in running as well like not just about road running or not just about trail or hills or whatever it might be 
there's so much variety and scope to see places when you yeah. go and run marathons there, to visit different places, meet different people. Um, so that scope's massive, I think, for it people is. long term. And like you say, yeah. they're never too late to pick it up. No, and it, and it's also a marathon can be getting out the front door for somebody. Everybody's yeah. got their own different marathon. And I know, again, some of our members, they will train to a half marathon and mm. because of commitments and families and where they are in their life, it's then, well, I haven't got the time for I'm a marathon. Yeah, yeah. What now? And I really get that because that that's like, well, yeah, we can't keep going. I've done 5K, I've done 10K, yeah, yeah, I've yeah. done a half marathon. The next step is a marathon. What's after the marathon? Ultra marathon. Oh, what's after the, you know, you can't, yeah, you yeah, can't yeah. keep chasing. That's the thing about running. Yeah. It's, it's looking at different things and looking at different um, distances and fitting it with where you are yeah. in your life right now. And I think some people, they didn't see me when I was bringing up the mm. teenagers mm. And, and, you know, my running took a bit of a nosedive mm -hmm. because life was busy and I was working full time and, you know, yeah, teenage years and husband and everything. And so the running had to take a back seat but once they got independent yeah it was you know that's it you can there's so many more opportunities and again it's down to that short oh i've got i've got to do it within yeah, this time yeah, oh, i've yeah. got to do it before i'm 40 or i want to do a marathon before yeah. i'm 40 and it's like just there's time i think from the like the very first meeting that we ever had sat in the studio that was one of the things that I really liked and stuck out massively to me and I think this gives longevity to a lot of people in running that you talked about and put big emphasis and this comes up in your your coaching philosophy on the whole training process and again not it does get kind of a bit made a bit cheesy the whole journey of it mm. all but actually focusing in on what you're learning through the process of training up for a marathon and getting there or whatever it might be, whatever the run might be, to 5K to 10K, um, getting there in good shape to yeah. give it a good shot, not just I've booked this because a few mates in the office were doing it and I'm going to scrape my way round. I don't mean that in terms of a people can run it as fast or as slow or as needs to be, but getting there so you can manage it well and you can enjoy the experience mm -hmm. rather than, yeah, I ran... X amount of the race, forty percent, and then I hung on and walked, ran whatever did for the rest of it. Yeah, um, that gives longevity yeah. in running as well because you don't then just go, oh yeah, I did a marathon because someone from the office signed up for charity, so I've been there and done that kind of yeah. done running as it yeah. were, um, and they've missed so much of it. And it, and it's about respecting the miles. And yeah, it, and it's respecting actually yeah, yeah, yeah. how you got there and how you finish. And we've all made mistakes and we've all hung yeah. on for yeah. grim death because yeah, yeah. we haven't trained properly or, yeah. or we've gone out too fast. And again, nobody has seen the tears that I have cried yeah, you know, yeah. on the edge of the, um, you know, on a curb after a race because I've messed it up and it didn't go right or, or whatever. And it is, it's learning. And it's learning about the resilience mm. and, and learning that actually there will be another run, there will be another race, there will be... Mm. What do you learn? I have never run a perfect race. Yeah. There's always something to yeah. learn and that's what I love about it. I love yeah. that reflective, okay, so right, maybe I shouldn't have worn a new pair of socks or maybe yeah, I shouldn't yeah, have yeah. tried the new gel or... And it is, it's that whole process because it's so transfer all the skills are so transferable from sport into everyday life 100% yeah. and um it's it's having that it's that's what it gives you that's what running gives me has given me and that's what I want to give to other people that it is this lifelong yeah journey yeah, cliches yeah. work yeah it's yeah, okay yeah, yeah for cliches. sure cliches work <laughs> i think it's so so true though i think um I like that was I think that was the phrase you used the first time mm. around that respecting the mileage mm. that that big side of it and the process and speaking to anyone about this the process time you run distance you run is the same for everyone across the board and that's really unique in running that someone can go and run say London or um, 
Great South Run down the road and they're on the same course doing the same thing as the elites at the top mm. end versus someone that's doing their very, very first yeah. race. Everyone's going through the same experience. It doesn't feel any different if you're going quicker or slower. No. It's exactly the same feelings that everyone goes yeah. through. Everyone wants to stop at some point. <laughs> and you get all of that. And like mm. you say, you learn an awful lot of that as you're running. Um, and I think um, a light bulb moment for me was I did my leader in running fitness way back in 2011, so just before the London Olympics. And nobody really knew about these courses. England Athletic were putting these courses together. And I think I travelled down to Devon. There wasn't what that was sort of the nearest one to go to. And I went down there and there was just this light bulb moment. As I said, I hadn't been sporty, so I didn't really know about Athletic 365. And I just sat there and I thought, okay, so this programme, this research is saying that you take a child at primary school age, Mm. four, five, you teach them the fundamentals of throwing the ball, um, balance, coordination and agility. And they then specialise when they're sort of 14, 15 and it might be running Mm. and they don't aim to reach the podium until they're in their 20s. Yeah. So this programme was fantastic and that is if you had the perfect person in front of you and they didn't experience anything in life whatsoever of course we know that life happens and and things happen so that was a real moment for me because I'm thinking I talk to lots of people who have the same thoughts as me I really want to be able to run I'm really envious how do you start running yeah and it was like let's take all of this back to basics mm. and teach people how to run as though they were four or five years old. Yeah. And that's yeah. all I've done with Run Verity. Yeah. There's, there was no, mad, well, there was a light bulb moment, but that's what I did. I thought, right, this is how you teach people how to run yeah. by going all the way back to the basics. Yeah. Um, I remember asking somebody, how do you get faster? So I must have been mid-30s. What do I do? How yeah, do I get yeah, faster? Yeah. And their advice to me was just pretend that somebody's chasing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see my face, but yeah, I'm rolling my eyes. Um, and it didn't work for me. For yeah. me <laughs> so it felt like there was this top secret yeah, elite for sure. guide that only professional skilled fast runners were had privy to we don't want your normal recreational runners knowing about Mm. this secret it never came from england athletics they were always very open about it but it just felt oh okay yeah well i'm going to take this and i'm going to change how i teach the beginners Mm. and um that's that's where it came from yeah and so the beginners courses were tennis balls throwing tennis balls up in the air and catching them That's and awesome. um, balance, learning yeah. how to balance because yeah. running is just a series of yeah, hopping yeah, yeah. from one foot to yeah. the next yeah. and and then agility to make sure that you don't fall over Yeah, and that's how we started. That's so cool. It's something we talk about so much mm. with fitness, um, with people in fitness. It's so, so much easier um, to coach someone that has had that that basic stuff even when it was if it was when they were younger or they've taken up a sport at some point or they've done something like that bit of body awareness bit of agility bit of balance all of that kind of stuff Mm. is so so important um i've kind of smiled at a few points during this because there's loads of stuff within the rv as a club that i'm like that's where that came (laughs) from that's where that bit and it's like Again, we'll go with the cliche, but like a lived experience of it is your it's your club and your embodiment, yeah. really, because there's so many things there that are like, oh, that's where that philosophy came yeah. from, or that's yeah. you can really, really see that shine yeah. through in the club. And it's and it's that whole thing about training age. So, you if somebody came and they said, "I've done netball," mm. that's brilliant. Their training age is probably oh, I don't know two, three years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the chronological age. So yeah. if you've got somebody who hasn't done anything since they were at primary school, yeah, then their training age is zero. So yeah. I have to try and get this across. You are a baby. You, yeah, you we yeah, have yeah. to do this slowly because mm. 
literally if we don't you're going to fall flat on your face mm. and it's that comparison oh well they're running so much better than me and I but you don't know they mm. might have played football yeah they might have done something else that has given them a bit more of a training aid for sure so it's it's breaking down all of that and talking to people and saying you know you don't have to I can I can walk um, quicker than my slowest run you mm. know most people mm. can mm. but it's that idea that actually running is one foot off the ground yeah, walking yeah. you've got both feet on the ground yeah and it's just getting across to people that you don't have to do everything quickly yeah and it yeah. doesn't matter what people yeah. say yeah they don't know if you've been running for two minutes or if you've run 20 100%. miles so yeah get all the noise yeah, out yeah, of yeah. your head. It's really hard to tell people this, but like the only people that are going to criticise or pass comment generally are people that have never done it, never been there, yeah. can't do it for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's something we're going to get onto a bit later um, into the chat, but just about barriers to entry mm. and things like that and some pretty stuff that I semi-new was around and there and still there um but didn't realize how quite how prevalent it yeah. was and um how day-to-day -day and routine it is really unfortunately um just talking about i guess the start out of the club then like a lot of background on like i say bits that clearly shine through and what the club is now but how how did you start the club when did you so i did my um leader course and then i got onto the committee at Stirrington Green Runners and I'd started out as secretary there and um, I just started putting structure in place mm -hmm. and I started saying okay let's invest um, some money in some more run leaders um, let's have these groups so we'll have um, because we used to just literally turn up in the car park yeah. and you would run as fast as you could <laughs> And then get back to the car park yeah, yeah. and get back in the car. And it was, it, you know, it was good fun and it 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 was of its day. But I just said, right, let's let's try and make the club really um, accessible. Yeah. And that was that whole thing. And especially as I said, it was around the time of London Olympics and it, and sport was really having this surge. So um, put lots of structure in place became the I think club coach coordinator we we had a title and then worked really closely with the chairman and we had a fantastic team on the committee and we just put structure I, yeah. can't, I don't know how many run leaders we invested in very much about women in sport and we um I organized a couple of uh women coaches conferences there was something around that time called project 500 because there wasn't enough female coaches so i was yeah. very involved in yeah. prominent let's get some women out there and women coaching and and leading mm. um so put lots of structure in place and because i was the contact person at stubbington green i would get emails from all sorts men and women oh, I, I i want to start or i am a runner when can I come? Is there a time? What session would be best for me? So I would get all this information and I sometimes I couldn't get people there and we would have open night, we would have bring a friend night. I tried to break down so many barriers yeah. to get people to come to the club and and it worked and the club grew and it was brilliant and then I, I did the beginners course there but we only did it once a year. Mm -hmm. and uh, people started saying oh you're doing another one and I thought oh there's a bit of an opportunity here yeah. so I just literally set up an email address didn't really think about the name just set up an email address and thought well I wonder if people will contact me about starting mm. running and um, and offered them September 2014 and people came and yeah. it, it, it to start off with it wasn't very many and it was just two nights a week and I taught them how to run and taught them how to get to 5k and then the idea was that they would then move into Stubbington mm. and that was the transition mm. and people they didn't want to they wanted to stay with me so all yeah. of a sudden I was like oh okay yeah right so I'll put a couple of sessions on and maybe we'll call it intermediate or mm. you know whatever um there mm. was you know whatever I called them and then I left 
Stubbington in, I think I resigned um, June 2015. Mm -hmm. So there was a little bit, not all of them, but there was a little bit of animosity for some of the um, older male members of the club who sure. didn't want the slower ladies yeah. who who um, I was coaching and, and bringing in. So I resigned from there and just built up this club that was accessible yeah. and had... There was nobody else. There was just me. There wasn't a committee. I didn't have to answer to England Athletics. Mm -hmm. It was just my philosophy and my coaching. So every eight weeks I did a beginner's course. Um, and from the beginner's course, people then came to all of, you know, some of the sessions. Um, I charged for it because I found if I didn't charge for it, I would be stood there and it'd for be sure. raining and nobody would turn up. So it wasn't about finances I was still working full-time mm. it was about accountability yeah so if somebody's yeah, yeah. paid they will turn up yeah I agree with that um and it just grew it just mm. grew from there and mm. um and now I've got uh, Charlie who's a coach and then four run leaders yeah um 13 sessions a week yeah so yeah. from that but it and clubs have moved on now. Clubs really have moved on. Yeah. England athletic clubs. This was a different time. This was, you know, 14, 15. It was a different time. Um, and England athletics have invested a lot of money in getting people to do the run leaders course and to make it more inclusive mm. and to have run and talk. And so, but when I started, it wasn't yeah. I just wanted to break down those barriers so that running could be accessible and I could teach people how to run and get the benefits yeah from yeah. it that it wasn't a secret I think even now that um that word of accessibility in running in fitness in sport in general every club gym whatever likes to have it in their tag because it's seen as a popular thing to yeah. say how actively someone actually goes about pursuing that and like you say actively breaking down yeah. barriers to entry and really thinking about you know f uh, in a gym for example or in a run club why aren't people coming like what what is stopping them and how can I purposefully going about breaking down that barrier rather than standing back and saying we're accessible we welcome everyone and blah yeah, blah blah blah, yeah. blah and it's all very nice to say yes. but to physically go out and do it yeah is very very different i think a lot of the time um something is i mean completely different topic but you saw it a lot i think during pandemic with lockdown and thing you suddenly saw all these gyms talking about oh people need this for their mental health and blah 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 blah, blah. and you look through and you go suddenly You've never mentioned this before. No. I've never seen you push for someone's like struggling with mental health before mm. and really, really push this. It just suits your narrative yeah. now. But to actively go out and do that's a completely different story. And I struggled back in 2014 to find any scientific research on physical activity being good for depression. Really? And now yeah. we know yeah. that there is an abundance of how mm. important physical activity is is as good as you know um any kind of cognitive behavior therapy and antidepressant the research but at the time there wasn't any yeah. and i'm i'm mortified i'm em embarrassed almost because on a friday morning i literally on my website i had the depression group mm, mm. and I think I even called it the depression group you know yeah, yeah, if you're yeah, depressed yeah. come and yeah, run with come me on run. a Friday morning I'll cheer you up yeah I'll cheer you up <laughs> don't you worry and of course you know no one I would sit in the car park nobody yeah. turned up yeah but the minute the wording changed yeah and it became accessible and um then people came yeah and people talk yeah and it isn't there isn't a label but people talk to each other and mm -hmm. and that's and and so times have changed since I started but I found that quite interesting that I really struggled mm -hmm. to get the research to mm -hmm. support yeah for sure um, and also don't forget when I did my degree back in 2001 sports psychology I think I'm right in this was not recognized by the British Psychological Society really? yeah so I can see that again in what 22 years mm -hmm. sport psychology 
they've moved on mm. so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it has become more accessible. I think I was, when would it have been? 20. No, 2007, 2008 sort of time. I was in South Africa and played rugby out there. And that was the first time they even mentioned psychology or talked mm. about psychology, I think. And there was there was actual meetings with the university club there had a sports psychologist that was linked with them and yeah. started to talk about things like that. That was the first time I'd ever come across it or really yeah. anyone had mentioned it. Whereas now it's huge. Huge. Now you can't, I mean, yeah. you, you can't go anywhere. Every sports person will mention it yes. at some point. It's it's absolutely massive. Yeah, it is. Um, so yeah, it's, it's like vitally important. Yeah. I think like you say about the, the wording and it's difficult it's so much easier said than done but putting ourselves in those shoes of someone else like we said about carryover from running to -to day-to-day life works vice versa of whatever distance whatever speed whatever they're doing someone that's struggling with their life with their job with whatever it might be can achieve something in running can feel a bit of fulfillment in running and that is massive like that cannot be underestimated for sure absolutely and I've always said the hardest bit is literally putting mm. your trainers on. Mm. And and I, my blog today is about actually having to trust me because all the barriers are, am I going to have to run past, am I going to have to walk past the real runners on mm. the way to the beginners course? Mm. Um, and where is it? And what am I going to wear? And all of these things are real anxious. But once you get there, then yes, yeah. it is It is such a journey and you can achieve so much, but it is really hard getting those trainers on and, yeah. and getting out the front door. I think I was listening to a thing a, a while ago, it was around happiness, Mo Gordat was talking about it and a lot of negative human emotion is in past or future. Mm. And so regret of things in the past, feel guilty about things in the past, anxious about things in the future, whereas actually in present, very often, um, the anxiety that you build up, the reality is, is far, far less than that. So, so different. Um, and actually living in a present time and focusing on a present yeah. time of you running or whatever it might be is far easier than the anxiety of building up to go and do something. And I used to do that. I would, yeah. go, I would get in my car and I would drive and I would look around and I'd go, there's no one here that runs yeah. at my pace yeah. and I would go home. Yeah. And Jamie would say, what are you doing? I said, oh, there mm. wasn't. Any. And then you found, you, you sound, yeah. you know, and I've always regretted not going yeah. for a run, but I would do that. And I, or I would park around the corner to see who was getting out. Yeah. Um, and I found quite early on that the strategies that people use, I wasn't very busy in the summer. I mm. thought I would be, mm. but oh, November courses, February courses were always heaving because it's yeah. darker and nobody can yeah. nobody can see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a big thing. And it's also, I'd say, oh, shall I take your car keys? No, no, it's fine. Oh, oh right, okay. And it's because that's a safety blanket. For sure. So, no, I'll, I'll take my car keys with me because then if I fail, well, yeah. if, I, if I'm not successful, I can go back to my car. I don't have to wait for you to get the car yeah, yeah, get yeah. the keys out of the yeah. car so it's all of these things that are very important to people mm. and um yes and and making it accessible as you say it can be oh yeah we use this word because it's something that's really um noticeable with all the guys that we've coached from run verity is the encouragement mm. the team ethic that we as a studio when we first started, we're really keen on trying to um, replicate, I suppose. But you see groups of people come in, say for example in the strength sessions, last person to finish an exercise or anything. And it wasn't it was never done in a a patronizing way or never done in a people I didn't look at people and think, oh I need to go and do this. It was just natural that people encouraged people that yeah. were doing stuff pat on the back for whoever it was and like you say about turning up in the car and thinking oh there's no one here at my pace rather than turning up and thinking oh there's a friendly face regardless of the pace or whatever they run and I think that's really really noticeable in your club and that doesn't happen by accident that's another thing that's is 
shine through from you and the club, basically. And it's, again, that has come from um, the ethos. Mm. We wait for everybody yeah, yeah, yeah. to finish our, our, our race. So mm. um, I'm just bringing back next year race of the month because we used to have this and um so we would we would aim to we would choose a race and we would go along and we waited until our last runner and then inevitably until the last runner yeah came over the finish line and that was really important to me um there's probably a reason why but it was so important that we just didn't go home. Yeah. That we stayed and we waited. Yeah. Um, to make that person feel. Yeah. Valued. Everyone gets that same experience. Absolutely, and I've had arguments with race directors who are taking down the finish mm. line. Um, mm. Even Parkrun, I've had arguments really? with people who have started clearing the finish away the the funnel before um, the last person's through. Um, or the roads being opened, and I know it's not as straightforward as that, but yeah, yeah. we have to be yeah. inclusive. Yeah. So we wait. It is. I mean, obviously, if you've got commitments, nobody's forced to wait. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. our ethos is: we turn up, we meet, mm. we all warm up together, mm. um, we set off, we do our run, we finish, and we go and wait mm. um, for everybody else to finish yeah um and sometimes we've had barbecues afterwards or picnics afterwards or a coffee afterwards but again that's something that social aspect that talking that being connected yeah um not being alone and well mondays mondays and fridays we always go for coffee after our run yeah and it's that type of connection yeah um and we we have had lots of social events over over the years um and most people, ninety percent of the members, have been through the beginners course. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they understand know what that's like. Yeah. And then when the beginners finish, we usually um, the the last session we will invite members to come to the last session to talk to them, um, tell them about the club. And before COVID, we would go and have a drink at um, local pub. It changed with COVID, but um, so it was always part of, yeah. yeah, you're supported, you're here, you're encouraged and you're valued. And yeah. and that was really important to me. It's, I mean, just from an eth- the whole ethos point of view, but then easily as well from a business and club and growth standpoint, it makes it the easiest thing in the world because if someone wants yeah. to join or someone wants to do this yeah cool go and chat to anyone in the club yeah. Yeah. and see what you're going to get into yes. and see the whole atmosphere yeah. and they become the best spokesperson for the club as a whole yeah is go and chat to someone um i've seen that at races before the monkeys on the stick everyone um out there supporting yeah. this i mean there's a few people that I know of specifically within the club that are like, I mean, far above and beyond that level of support as well in terms of stacking stuff out, making sure there's jelly babies yeah, on yeah, hand all the time, yeah. all of that kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's in, that is so invaluable. Yeah. And it blow, it really blows me away. Yeah. Because it's... But that's off the back of what you've created as well. Yeah. And, and the kindness that people show. Yeah. And I suppose I take for granted who I am and I can be quite maverick and I can you know the whole idea of the chimps was you know me saying to and it was from Steve Peters and he's absolutely happy because I've spoken to him that I've stolen his <laughs> his whole ethos of you know his life's work yeah. because I have said don't let the chimp overtake you we've I've got the chimp yeah, and that's yeah, where yeah. it comes from so yeah. you go and have a really good run I've got your chimp yeah um but that that kindness it does it really blows me away that people go above and yeah. beyond yeah. Um, and it is it's just something that I have tried to yeah. instill that, that the inclusivity is so important to me and that's a real real show of they're involved with something that they see real value in yeah. they get real value from and um, for anyone that 
also hasn't seen these it's inflatable chimps on a <laughs> stick at any any race that you see are um you can spot the support a mile away because there's loads of little inflatable yeah. chimps on a stick um so yeah that's quite cool to see but yeah seeing i think all of those people that have see value get value from the club directly and then that's re- in, in in kind returned yeah. basically so it is a reflection on what the club is yes basically yeah. um so that's that's pretty yeah. awesome to see that's yeah. really cool um we talked about it a bit earlier in the podcast but some like stuff i've said that we've seen before another one of those things that you talk about hear about i think a lot of the time but don't necessarily see firsthand especially from my point of view, uh, there's three of us that work here at Peak. We're all always been involved in fitness, always been involved in sport. And so probably have a blinkered level of confidence and comfort in sport, sporting environments, running, all of that kind of stuff. But in terms of barriers to entry and specifically, I think for females as well, in terms of running, some of the stuff that I hear from you guys on like what you've experienced and even now it's not like oh 10 years ago when I started Mm. running it's this happened this morning yeah and it is so frequent um blows my mind a bit yeah because I think a lot of the time you see it online or hear people talk about it you're like yeah yeah one off whatever um but yeah slightly more negative turn but I think it's important to talk about I I think the harassment that we get is it becomes uh, second nature it becomes oh it becomes the norm and it shouldn't be Um, and I try not to challenge it because I have to remain professional but it is it is not on a daily basis but it is with regular occurrence Mm. that um, somebody will make some comment and it's usually about how fast we're running yeah um, and it's usually about oh if you oh come on keep up love or yeah. um, if you spent less time chatting you'd be able to run faster and it's usually from people that are in a car and that you, yeah. you 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 can't say anything because they've made a getaway yeah. or um, maybe two or three and you're on your own and again you're very vulnerable by being on your own and you don't know what's going to happen um i think we've had somebody who say oh this is this is what um what housewives get up to on a friday morning is it and you know you just it's it's not funny yeah it's really really we have so many professional people and it doesn't matter but that stereotype yeah, of yeah. we've got nothing better to do than chat and run. Mm. Um, and it is infuriating, mm. absolutely infuriating. And it is a barrier because, yeah. again, I'm getting people to trust me. And then if we happen to be running around a business park and there's some workmen and there's a comment, yeah. you know, oh, you're not running fast enough or yeah. whatever, um, that can stop somebody from ever coming back. And that is outrageous, and mm. it makes my it just makes my blood boil. Yeah. Um, because we shouldn't have to put up with that yeah. kind of harassment, um, and it is it has been normalised, and you just sort of smile. And I don't tend to smile actually. I do tend to um, roll my eyes, but I I have to I have to remain professional mm. um, because. <laughs> nobody wants a, a you know a street fight when you when you're yeah, leading, yeah. leading a group yeah. um but it's also about the safety aspect as well and in winter one of the things that i really love is the fact that as a group and we do have men in our group but as a group of women we are running in the dark yeah, late at yeah, night yeah. and i love that yeah, yeah yeah because it feels to me as though i've got some freedom yeah that i can leave the house after dark because there was so many articles as the clocks went back um, this this last time, and there was the articles I was reading. Oh, I don't go out, and you know, women shouldn't be going out after dark. And I was saying, no, we should. We should mm. be normalising yeah, it. We yeah, should yeah. be out there. We should be yeah. running. We should be visible. I don't yeah. want to be kept inside. 
and um, you know there's all these safety things that you have to do and one of the things I think it really blew my husband's mind when I said about I don't wear a ponytail when running because actually somebody can use my ponytail to yeah. I mean I'm sure you don't even it doesn't even cross your mind things like this and it is instilled in us from a very young age that we have to right what am i wearing where shall i go shall i wear my headphones and even this morning yeah i i i was like right shall i go where i'm going i really want to go there but i want to listen to my music i'm going to be there on my own is it safe and you're constantly having yeah. to do this risk assessment yeah. um right i'll let somebody know where i'm going right if i'm not back by this time and yeah. it's crazy it is it's the weight of it is yeah. huge yeah that i think that's it it's the it's there's so much of it and i only know this from talking to you listening to your experiences I had one not too long ago um my wife runs a bit and certain areas you know going out in the evening now like we say when it's dark she won't go running no. certain areas to go that again like you say i wouldn't think twice about wouldn't consider and for her, there's no way she can go there. And you see stuff or read stuff in the paper or online and things like that. There's been attack here. There's been someone followed that all of that kind of stuff. And like, yeah, it is something that you just don't even have to consider. Yeah. I think so the barriers definitely are there for women mm. that aren't there for men a lot mm. of the time. Um, it's horrible to hear. Uh, we were talking about it the other day, I think in session because especially locally there's a lot of places and again it's something i've just never thought about never considered one of our members likes her running and she said where i um live there's the lighting's poor i have to run through here to get there so i just don't do it and can't do it yeah um yeah it's, and it's such a shame yeah such a shame that yeah that constantly with it and, and then if you're not feeling like you want to go for a run if you're not feeling 100 yeah. percent motivated then that's it that's that's brilliant oh well i can't because it's not safe and i'm yeah. not saying but but it's just it's another layer yeah isn't it of yeah actually just go out well yeah but it's and i know and i've done it myself um and it is really yeah weighty it is because it's just something else that you have to think about um and it shouldn't be and and they're not funny the comments no. aren't funny nobody no. nobody's laughing and um yeah we've had far too many to mention yeah and i think i've said to you before that on facebook i did actually have somebody who said he was going to play sniper and he was going to get his shotgun and hide in the bushes and um shooters yeah and i didn't do anything about it and I really wish I did do something about it. In fact, I did do something about it. Sorry, I, I did phone the police. I mm. phoned and um, they just said, oh, it's not a direct threat because it wasn't directed at you on Facebook, even though it clearly was at our group. And it's this level of, hang on, is that... Um, is that, I, yeah. Is that, re is that going to happen? Yeah. Is somebody going to be waiting for us mm. i've got a responsibility of this group of people and mm. so it's 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 there i don't want it to be normalized but unfortunately it is part and parcel of of what happens from the i mean from that and social media is a massive topic just in terms of everything but where we get to when one someone feels you know shouting something out the car saying something to you when you're sat having a coffee what blows my mind is they're in their head they've got time to think and process that and go i know what's going to add value to this situation and still come out with <laughs> yes. it it's unbelievable <laughs> yes it is absolutely yeah. unbelievable or i'm so important that i need to be yeah. involved in this yeah and it, and it's and again you know it's been taught there is a generation of girls you know that are a lot more feisty mm. we were we were encouraged not to say anything don't make a fuss um you know it, it could end up worse so i i think there are people girls coming up who are more feisty and mm. um, but for me it is something you, and i'm not quick enough most of the time to think of something yeah, to say yeah, back yeah. Because I'm so shocked yeah as you say why what value are you adding apart yeah. from 
you know, putting us down. But even not the feistiness, even you just hope there's a generation of people yeah. coming underneath that don't feel the need to pass those Absolutely. comments and don't Absolutely. need feel the need to yeah. say that stuff. Yeah. I yeah. think like we said at the beginning, just in terms of general comment passing, it's people that have no experience of that, never done it, don't understand it. Ugh. Yeah. It's uh it's more than infuriating, mm. it's like you say, it's blood boilingly mm. anger. Yes. A lot of that stuff, a lot of the time, um, and it's something that no one should have to put up no, with. No, but it won't stop us. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's it. We'll still. That's be, the best response yeah, to it. It won't stop us. So, that's the yeah. best response to it. I don't know if that's the end goal of someone saying that or doing that, or hopefully they won't do it again. Yeah, I don't knows? know. Yeah, don't know what the thought process no. is. Because um, I think that is 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 definitely worth talking about. Mm. It's something that comes up a lot in group sessions. Yeah. Like you say, yeah, it's not a daily occurrence, but it's far more frequent than I ever realised yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've been involved with it quite a lot. How about the, I guess, the run community itself? Or I know you said uh, in the early days of there was a little bit of kickback, I guess, or to people running slower or whatever it might be. How have you found that in general in terms of welcomingness of the run community of run clubs of races and things like that yeah it's very it's such a friendly mm. friendly community um, yeah. of runners um i think especially after the pandemic there sure. is a lot of um support and people coming together um and clubs are acknowledging that there needs to be an inclusive there's a lot more uh, female coaches now. There's a lot more coaching. There's beginners clubs, um, sorry, beginners courses. So mm -hmm. it is. It has really evolved. Yeah. Um, and there is a great sense of the running community, and we take part in so many yeah local events, really good events, um, and so yeah, very welcoming. That's cool to see. Yeah, That's positive to see yeah, that sort is. of change. I think you can see that more and more. It's by no means there at all, but all the way through running from yeah. people starting out, people beginning to elite level, that there's more representation of that. There's genuinely more accessibility for a lot of people, yeah. not just it's accessible, but we need you to make all the footsteps to for it to be accessible. And I think things like um, London Marathon, there was something, wasn't there, a couple of years ago um, with a girl I think the the times have changed, so the yeah. cut off times have now changed. Mm. So, um, which is great, and really, really brilliant. Um, so people, that's more accessible. Going and running yeah. a marathon um, is more accessible to people rather than oh, it is a yeah. whatever five hour cut off yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Actually, we're seeing more and more of that. Yeah. Um, my first marathon was the Isle of Wight marathon. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, not from being down here, I didn't realise how hilly the yeah. Wight was. But I remember finishing and everybody had gone home. Really? Apart from the St John's Ambulance. No and way. It was not a fun run whatsoever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that was, oh, okay, right. Yeah, that was a bit of a learning. Yeah, like, yeah, no yeah. crowds, nothing like that. It was, it was a baptism of fire, that yeah. one. And then um, Paris, I think a few years ago, I very nearly got arrested because <laughs> <laughs> um, Jamie was doing a lot of eye rolling um, because they put they put a cut off they put the barriers up so people couldn't finish yeah um, and it was such a hot day that people's times were yeah, yeah, so yeah. much slower yeah um, and we were hauling runners over the barriers so that they could then have their last yeah, 200 yeah, yeah. meter and the, yeah, the yeah, French yeah. police were running around all really? over the place so yeah we had we did have to move away <laughs> um, because it, and I think we're on YouTube somewhere of what we did <laughs> but it, it's that whole thing of no they've yeah they, you know we need to have these time limits yeah. open so that people have every opportunity and you're running these big profit events yeah. and things like that people have paid their money to be there yeah. and all of that kind of thing so yeah i think it's an important one yeah. even i mean 
something recently <laughs> that I only learned about again in the last few years that a lot of these races, I think London was one in specific. I've got a friend that got an entry, um, fallen pregnant, and only recently that they've allowed you to defer places yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're pregnant, which I'd, I'd never <laughs> even thought just, about, but didn't realise that it wasn't a thing until... Yeah. I think a couple of years ago, another friend in trail racing had exactly the same thing. Uh, I think probably two years ago now, had an absolute torrid time mm. trying to reorganise events, get money back, whatever it might be, um, which is just wild. And I think what's happening is um, because at my age, the role models, when you think about when I was yeah. at school, you know, yeah. where were the, the female role models yeah. of sport? Yeah. And again, there's been this huge surge. Um, and were women encouraged in this? The pay dispute, I mean, you know, that's another podcast, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the whole pay dispute and, yeah. and the inequality of that. Yeah. So it is shifting and it is changing. Mm. But when you look at people who want to be sort of lifelong running I was talking to um, somebody the other day and he's written a book about running into old age and he said it was really difficult getting women um, interviewing women because they didn't run when they were in their 20s and 30s so interviewing them in their 70s and 80s Mm. was hard they were hard to find because you know there was obviously Joe Pavey that he spoke to but and so there is a shift um, but also maverick racers who are amazing yeah, um, trail them. racers, they've started putting sanitary products in the portal yeah. and it's like yes, yeah, and yeah, they, yeah. yes, yeah, brilliant, yeah, yeah. fantastic. Because yeah. I'm I'm of well, it didn't happen then, and you and again you normalise it, yeah, yeah, and yeah. somebody's obviously gone, yeah, this yeah this is what we need. It comes back to that. Um, things being open and accessible but yeah. you have to make all the steps and you have to make all the allowances yeah. not us yeah. versus we're completely accessible we've thought of everything yeah. we've gone we've gone the extra mile yeah. to meet you three quarters of the way rather yeah. than the other way you have to come 90 percent of the way yes. and we'll open an event for yeah. you sort of thing so um it's and, it's it's really shifting mm. it's good it's really good it's exciting it's good yeah, to see that's awesome yeah i think especially i mean for me now a lot of the people that i know and run with and actually started out when i started triathlon started running and things like that I, there's much more of a divide of mm. men and women mm. and definitely i know a lot more at every level of running um women running yeah. and so yeah it's awesome to see and i think seemed for me the best part of my job is watching somebody finish any race that has been told as a teenager that they couldn't run yeah, yeah. um for whatever reason asthma or yeah. whatever reason yeah and seeing somebody cross yeah a park run yeah. or anything um is just so so rewarding and it's giving people the confidence that they can do that. And sometimes that bites me back because I just go, yeah, of course you can. Yeah, of course you can. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then I go, oh, okay, right, okay, you've got a lot going on in your life at the yeah, moment. For so sure. sometimes it has bitten me um, mm. in the bum, but majority of the time it's so rewarding watching mm. people progress mm. and achieve things that they never thought. And that's, again, it's really cliche, never thought that they would be able to achieve um but that's because i have i've I've achieved what i never thought yeah i would be able to achieve so it's just trying to pass that on isn't it it's a difficult balance isn't it to say to someone yes all of that is achievable but these are the things that you might need to put in place to get there yeah um so yeah it's open to anyone and we've had the same thing i think when people come in and yes if you want to you can run the great south you can run a marathon you can do this but there's a lot to consider yeah um and so i think it's worth giving due credit to everyone that goes through that process of that's why i think the whole process is important of getting to running whatever it might be um because it's really easy and really flippant to say anyone can do that Mm. 
they just need to sacrifice this and this yeah. and this and this yeah. and that's why the journey is important not just the end yeah. of that race of someone seeing running park run or great south or whatever it might be and going oh yeah anyone can do that yeah. my friend x y and z did that um whereas the actual process to get there is is all the important mm. bit absolutely i think that's a really positive bit to finish on and wrap up i think like you say there's tons and tons of stuff we could get into uh we'll probably have to come back for a part two at some point mm. we've done uh, a fair whack over an hour so this is going to be our longest Bad. podcast to date um but there's yeah there's tons of stuff that we could get into on there um definitely have you back on at some point if time allows for Brilliant. you um but yeah really enjoyable chat Thank is you. there anything we've missed that you want to talk about any highlights for you since starting the club and things like that that you really want to pick out and then equally go on to talk about um yeah the what you offer basically how people can access the club how people can get in contact with you and yeah just just via the website i'm updating the website um we've got a beginners course starting in january yeah um so yeah just check it all out and yeah um, email me talk yeah. to me i love yeah. talking about running yeah. <laughs> <laughs> run verity on everything isn't it i think yes yeah <laughs> so if you can uh, if you want to come along for a talk and a a run and yeah, yeah like Verity says there might be a, a lot of talking and a lot of running yeah. but you get ample in both <laughs> thank you very much for Brilliant. coming on thank you great to chat to you